This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as, as we come here this morning, we ask that you would use this time to speak into our hearts, to transform us, to change us, to make us afresh, new and vibrant and true and lasting hope. Pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, uh, that it was the, all that you wanted it to be. I hope that if you were able to go out and do some Black Friday shopping and all that, you found the, the best deals and that your financial situation is still solvent. As we've turned the calendar now to December, we're in the season of hope. I remember growing up, what, what I hoped for at this time of year was I, I hoped for a white Christmas. You know, year after year after year, it's, I just hope we have a white Christmas. That whole Bing Crosby dreaming of a white Christmas thing, that was all me all of the time, right? The issue that I had was that I grew up in the desert southwest, right? And so you've heard that expression, snowball's chance, and well, you know where that probably came from, right? I remember one Christmas Eve, I'm outside shooting hoops in my driveway. I got in shorts and a t-shirt. It's 74 degrees outside, okay? If you guys would have drove by and said, man, you can't wait, you're gonna have snow in the morning, I'd be like, you're crazy, right? Snowball's chance. We went to church later that night, came back home, and during the night, a front came through and we woke up to like six inches of snow. Totally cool. Totally cool. Okay. So what are you hoping for this Christmas? Are you hoping for a white Christmas? Uh, when I get the ads that come in the mail, the flyers, and I'm looking on the, the internet, there's a lot of things to hope for, right? Shirts and sweaters dresses and purses and watches and Fitbits and, and TVs and Alexas and Chromebooks and computers and Instapots and cameras and all kinds of things to hope for. Why well, don't you know it's, it's okay to hope, to have high hopes. In fact, Beginning today, as Pastor Ben mentioned, we're going to begin a series that's going to take us all the way through December, all the way to the end of the year. And the, and the series is simply yet powerfully called Hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. If we're real, if we're honest, we, we sometimes struggle with hope. Maybe it's because when we were little kids or, or whatever, we came up with a Christmas list that was this long, right? And, and our parents would say, don't get your hopes up too high. 
One of the reasons why we, we struggle with hope is because so often you and I place our hope in external circumstances, okay? And as you know, a problem with external circumstances is they're always changing, right? What it's like today, it's not like that tomorrow. They're always changing. Another reason that we have trouble just being honest again with us with external circumstances is we're just not that good at reading the circumstance, okay? Sometimes we call it bad when it's good, and sometimes we call it good when it's bad. We're not so good at reading. For example, you could go to my children when they were younger any number of times and ask them, does your daddy love you? And they would say, no, right? No. Like when they had to go to the doctor and get their shots, okay? If you ask them, does your daddy love you? No, he's making me go to the doctor and get my shots. But for most of us, we would look back on that experience, that same setting, and say, well, that was actually kind of proof of your dad's love for you. Now, think about it. There, as we go, as, as we're here in, in our lives, probably all of us here can look back on, on a time in our life that was super difficult. Okay? And in that setting, at that time, if someone would have come to us and asked us, does God love you? Based on that circumstance that, that we were going through, even those of us who went to church would say, well, you know, I know I'm supposed to say, yes, God loves me, but I really don't feel like it. But God is working through those different things. You see, and when we put our hope in external circumstances and those circumstances happen that, that we think shouldn't be happening to us, that, that God shouldn't be allowing to happen to us, then that puts a wet blanket on our hope and it threatens our faith. You ever put your hope in circumstances? See, sometimes we, we struggle with circumstances, too, because you and I, we have a time frame, right? And as all of us, I think, have noticed here, God has a different time frame, right? We're kind of into the hours, minutes, and seconds part of the time frame, and God's more into letting things simmer around, right? He's, he's more into calendar months and sometimes even years. See, you and I, we live in a, a very impatient society. Black Friday was just this last Friday, right? But the Black Friday sale started at least two weeks ago. You guys just hurry up and get there. Cyber Monday's tomorrow, but we've already purchased things on Cyber Monday yesterday and going back, right? And, and the problem that we have when, with this whole time thing and our, our circumstances is we think that God's supposed to work on our time. If he loves us, he will. But if he doesn't, then we have an issue. Have you been putting your hope in external circumstances? Think back. Think back to the past. Is there anything in your past that is trying to rob you of hope today? Is there a, a decision that you made, uh, an attitude that you demonstrated, a, a word that you spoke, an action that you did that is trying to rob you of hope right now. Do you have regret? 
Or, or maybe as you look to the past, did, did anybody do something to you, hurt you in, in any way that is trying to rob you of hope right now? And speaking of right now, what's causing you to have worry and anxiety right now? Is it the, the pressure of the next thing? It's always something else coming up. The, the pressure of expectation, either expectation of yourself or that others have of you and, you, and you just don't want to mess up. It's causing you to, to have your hope waver today. Is, is it maybe a, a diagnosis that, that's horrific? Maybe it's a, a financial struggle that you're going through. Maybe in your relationships. Maybe you're just really struggling right now with your spouse or with your child or with your parent. And, and I know right now, right, that there is a lot of hurt right here, okay? In fact, I, I know that, that some of you are going through a whole lot of these things that I talked about and more, and you may even be thinking I'm talking about just you. There's so much hurt. I just want you to know, you know, my, my heart breaks for you, okay? But not only does my heart break for you, but I have good news for you. No matter, no matter who you are, I have good news for you. See, the, our Christian hope is not based on our experiences or us being able to determine whether our circumstance is good or not. And, and to help us see that, what we're going to do is we're going to turn into the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah lived about 750 years before Jesus. And through these words, what we're going to see is that we can have hope even when we can't see it. Okay. For Isaiah, he's writing a couple of different groups are going to get his message straight up. Okay, One group is a group that they've been conquered by their enemy. They've been devastated. The enemy has come in and destroyed everything they have. All they have is the shirts on their back. To, to kind of picture what they're going through right now, imagine you go home after worship today, but your house is no more. And so you got you and what's on your back. That was one group. The, the other group, that exact same thing was about to happen to them. And into that horrific setting, into that trying times, in that time of devastation, Isaiah says, hope is coming. The Savior is coming. Isaiah 42 says this. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. The one who is coming, the one who is bringing hope is a servant, not a, a weak servant, not an inept servant, but a servant that is filled with the spirit and the power of God himself, the servant who will be serving all people, including you and me. And it says uh, of this servant, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. This one who has power like none other is not brash and he is not harsh. He's not going to be a, a cyber bully. He's not going to be bullying on the playground or in the hallway or in the workplace or at home. He will, says of him, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. 
those who are limping along in life. Those who are, are limping along physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Those who are limping along relationally, financially. The servant comes and welcomes and accepts. Those who are brittle and broken and confused and battered and frustrated. Those whose characters have crashed because of sins, had their dreams dashed. The servant comes along and picks us up. And with his power and with his love, he says, it's okay to not be okay. And he says of the servant again, in faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teachings, the islands will put their hope. Okay, So this servant of God is faithful, not part-time with faith, not most of the time with faith, but faithful all the time in each and every situation. And in his faithfulness, he is following God and bringing God's love that knows no bounds whatsoever. He's bringing respect for the disrespected and strength for the weak. It says, this is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. The one who is coming, the one who is bringing hope, is a light. A light shining in darkness. And you know what happens when light shines in darkness is the darkness disappears. Darkness cannot stand in the face of light. And so the servant is coming and he is bringing light and bringing hope then to the darkness of hopelessness. He's coming and he's bringing light to the darkness of unbelief and the darkness of sin. Hebrews 8 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. You see, that light is coming and it's shining on the brilliance of God and who God is. That light is shining on a covenant, the one who fulfilled that covenant. That covenant, again, you and I, we could think about it today, usually two-sided agreement. We would think an attorney would write it up, be on nice letterhead, have that uh, notary public seal on there and everything needs to be sealed that way. But this covenant is not like that. It's not written on paper. It's written on flesh and bones. And so back in the day, just kind of maybe help us grab onto this a little bit. Back in the day, like a thousand years ago, when the Vikings, uh, not the team that needs to lose to the Seahawks today, but the, the Vikings, when they, when they invaded Britain and, and they conquered Britain, uh, they didn't have enough soldiers to stick around and make sure that the peace was held. So they, they took their swords out and they went to the British lords and held up the sword to their throat and said, you're going to keep the peace here, aren't you? 
And, and the British lords are like just like that little kid that's in trouble. Oh, I'll behave, I'll behave. You know, but as soon as the Vikings would go away, the British lords would go crazy. Well, the Vikings knew that would happen. And so they put the sword up by the throat. You're going to keep peace, right? And, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, the Vikings said, well, to help you do that, we're going to take your son away hostage. And so if there's a rebellion, your son is going to be the first casualty. Okay? It was a, a flesh and bones covenant. God wants us to live with him. God wants us to have peace. God wants to bless us immensely, abundantly, far greater than we can even imagine. The problem is, right, uh, we aren't very good at our words or our actions. Uh, I promise, and, and we don't keep it. And sometimes even go, I promise, and we have no intention of keeping it, Right? We are good at breaking our words. We are good at, at doing horrific actions. We are excellent at sinning and rebelling. And so God says, I'll make a covenant. All right? Not written on paper, but a, a flesh and, and bone covenant. Um, my son will come and live this perfect life. And when you guys misbehave, and I already know you will, when you misbehave, it'll cost him his life. He'll die for you. And so Jesus went to the cross, signed the covenant with his blood, right? And three days later, rose again to assure us that God has accepted that covenant that he made. See, our hope is really in Christ. And, and since our hope is in Christ, we can trust that God is greater than our circumstances. When we're going through just horrific times, we can still praise God because nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. Some of you are, are familiar with Romans chapter 8. It's now up on the screen. Let's, let's all read it together, okay? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sore. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our hope is in Christ. When we look to, to find our hope in circumstances instead of Christ, we find what we're doing is we're looking at the lies instead of the pride. See, hope isn't a feeling. Hope is a person. And that person is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And because Christ is our hope, we can worship him and in the most terrible of circumstances. 
right? And, and this is what happens when, when we worship God. Even in the most terrible of circumstances, we take our eyes off the problem that we can't fix, that we can't handle, that we can't do anything about. We take our eyes off the problem and we see the problem solver. And it changes everything. Because our hope is in Christ, we can go to God in horrific circumstances and give him thanks because of his hope. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. So as we look back, remember, sometimes we didn't evaluate things so well, but here we are today. God is our hope, provides for us. And and as we are here today, You know, there might be different struggles that we're going through, but we have this promise that that powerful servant, that loving servant of God is with us today. But what about the future? What about after we go home? Well, Jesus has some words for us as well about our future. And they're words kind of, you could say, of warning and also of promise. And so in John chapter 16, Jesus tells us a little bit about our future. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. We know that, right? We've been living through some of that. Jesus says, when you go into the future, there will be trouble. It'll be around the corner. It'll be around the bend. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. Good luck. I'm out. Okay, I told you guys. Do whatever you want. You're going to. No, he says this. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome. Jesus is God. He's all knowing. He already knows what's in our future. He's already redeemed it. He's already taken care of. Of it. He says, take heart. I've overcome the world. And, and you want to know how I know he did too, right? John 16, 33, this reading that we have, Jesus spoke these words about 24 hours before he was crucified. About 24 hours before he died. So about four days before he rose from the dead. He knew that was going to happen. He is overcome the world. Think of it this way. Uh, You're Christmas shopping. You need a gift for for a young person. And you're in the toy aisle, and you see this puzzle there, and it says 500-piece puzzle, right? Beautiful picture, 500 pieces. You trust, you trust the puzzle maker that there's 500 pieces there to make that puzzle beautiful. You don't even think about it. It's just there. You trust it. God knows what's going to happen in your life. And he has made you and he has redeemed you and nothing can separate you from him and his hope. You can trust in that. So what are you hoping for? My encouragement is don't put your hope in circumstances like white Christmases or certain earthly gifts, but put your hope in Christ, the person of your Savior. Let's pray. Lord God, as, as we come to you today, some of us have, have, you know, in our lives have been messing around with a lot of anxiety, 
uh, a lot of fears and a, and a lot of worries. And we ask you to help us take our eyes off all those things and to focus our eyes on you. To take our eyes off the lies and put our eyes on the prize. Lord, thank you for being our prize and the prize of the world. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. We ask that you would lead and guide us to keep our eyes always focused in on you because where you're at is real, lasting, and true hope. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.